You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to the episode of the Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is episode number 983 in our podcast family. Speaking of numbers, how about this? 920 robocalls every second. 2.46 billion robocalls a month. That's a reality, folks. We're facing that in our society today. Umail is changing how the world handles phone calls through intelligent cloud-based telecommunication services. Alex Quilici joins us. Love that name. He's Italian. I'm Italian. Joins us to share more of Umail's services and how he found a solution for an everyday problem that's frankly plaguing most of us. But before we get to Alex, I'd like to say... We love reviews here on Critical Mass Radio Show. And if you could go on your favorite podcasting platform, write a short review of our show, it really helps others to find our program. You know, since we started doing the show in 2009, we've reached hundreds of thousands of listeners through our podcasts and our live stream here on octalkradio.net. Alex, welcome to the show. Let's start with you. Can you think of an interesting story that maybe the audience can listen to and learn a little bit about you as a leader? Sure. So, you know, some people are born to be entrepreneurs. I'd say I didn't fall into that category. So I got a Ph.D. in computer science. And when you do that, you're you know doing research that maybe helps 50 or 100 people. Uh, I became a professor after that briefly. Really? Yeah, I was a professor, and there I found I was helping you know a couple hundred people a semester. Um, I wrote a textbook, so now I'm starting to uh, influence more people, tens of thousands, 50,000. And as I was doing all that, I started wanting to do more, like influence more people. Right? Okay. And so what I, what I did is I'd look at these different products and services that were coming out for the Internet and saying, geez, these are affecting 5 million, 10 million, 15 million people. I want to figure out how to do that. Hmm. And so I tackled that with a couple of smart partners. We formed a company called Quack. And <laughs> Quack was basically Siri over a 1-800 number when you had smart, you didn't have smartphones. So you had right. your dumb phone, you had to dial a number. And we got bought by AOL, and we ended up building services that affected a million people. Congratulations. And af- after that, I eventually wound up at Umail, where we've got over 8 million Umailers. So I'm trying to scale up my influence. And that's what drove me to be an entrepreneur. Okay. I, I love it when people go from the academic world to the business world. Do you remember the day that you made that decision to leave the perceived security of the ivory halls for the world of entrepreneurship? Yeah, and I'd love to say it was some big light bulb moment. Yeah, but, epiphany. But it wasn't. It was a postdoc and I who had three ideas in a row that became fairly large companies. We said the next idea we have... We're going to try to build a company. So you had three ideas that you saw others bring to that market. That others eventually oh. variants brought to the market. And, you know, it's yeah. easy to have an idea. So we said, if we get another idea and we think there's something unique about it, let's try it and see where we go. Really? And so the idea at the time was actually a device to help you comparison shop. This okay. is before you know smartphones. And the idea was that it would Imagine scour thing, the Internet right. and find the price for you while you were in the store. You know, something that's commonplace now. Right. But we said, well, if we're going to do that, you know, devices are really expensive. Maybe we could find a way to do it on your phone and just use your voice. And so it was supposed to be a voice shopper. You walk into a a bike store and say specialized rock hopper and you'd find what it costs on Amazon and you could make your choice. Uh And so we decided that's a pretty good idea. Let's go do it. 
turned out one thing led to another. We had to build a lot of technology. We ended up raising a bunch of money. And eventually we built a voice portal where you could you know, ask for the weather, all the stuff that Siri does, at uh-huh. least a simple form of Siri. And that came to the attention of AOL, and that's how we wound up uh, providing a bunch of services to AOL. So I find it interesting in the entrepreneur's journey that you need to be committed to your dream because the world will conspire to make it difficult for you to bring your product to market many times. But you also have to be willing to pivot when you realize your dream could be better or bigger or different if you went in that direction. For me, it's always a challenge for entrepreneurs not to give up on their idea too soon and not to be jumping around. What was it like for you to go through that evolution of we thought we had a product to solve a problem, then we realized that you brought a different product into the marketplace. I, I think that's what being an entrepreneur is, right? I mean, it's about coming up with an idea that solves a problem. In our case, we wanted to solve comparison shopping in real time in a store, okay. leveraging only your phone. It's then thinking through, well, how's somebody going to know to use us when they have to buy something? Well, they're not going to just know about us in the store. We're going to need something they start starts habituating daily use. Uh-huh. So, okay, well, what do people do every day? They get the weather. They get their email. They think about restaurants. And so we had to build that as a step to get to our dream. Okay. And then we realized, wow, getting to consumers is really hard and really expensive. Maybe we could talk to some of the portals that are out there and just provide their back end. So now we're pivoting again. <laughs> right. And then the portals, of course, use our technology to put something in front of consumers that they used every day to get their email. So uh-huh. it was a really interesting journey. And I think each time we pivoted, it's because you hit an obstacle or you run into a problem and you go, you know, I can't solve it with what I'm doing now. I need to do something different. Okay. And that is a teachable moment here on Critical Mass Radio Show. And so for the loyal listening audience, you know the gong means either I just heard something important or possibly if you're multitasking, I just missed something important to go back and listen to it again. Thank you, Alex, for sharing. You're welcome. It's great to have you here on the radio show. Thank you for having me on. All right. So let's talk about UMail. We have about five minutes in this segment. So um, how did you discover You're not the founder. So how did you discover this firm? And just sort of start at the beginning with the discovery and take us through kind of where you are now and what the firm does. So originally what Umail was was a voicemail, a better voicemail service. And it was founded by a couple of folks who had the idea that when people call, you could give them a personal greeting. So mom gets one greeting. Oh. Your wife or girlfriend gets another greeting. Or if you have both, then different <laughs> greetings. Um, you know, your friends get a third greeting. And it was actually really interesting because it was designed to be for millennials with the idea that millennials personalize their life. Right. And so they built a prototype and uh, they'd come to Tech Coast Angels where I was one of the Tech Coast Angels. And because I'd had experience in telephony, it was like, go look at this company. And I thought it was pretty interesting. I thought it's worth a flyer, put some money in, see where it goes. Okay. And, you know, one thing led to another and I found myself running it. Wow. <laughs> and so that's where it started. But the vision that, that, that I think I brought to the table to take us a while to get to was we'd like to actually not just be voicemail but can we provide a set of services that make your smartphone smarter and help you in dealing with phone calls so you know you're a busy plumber for example you're getting calls all the time but you're under a sink I am and and, and you're under the sink and you're working and you can't answer the call the person's getting upset because they went to voicemail you can't get back to them when you finally call them you get their voicemail and it's kind right. of a, a terrible experience yes so we said what could we do that would actually attack that experience and make it so when someone hits a voicemail service they're 
delighted by it and you don't lose your business. Wow. And so that's kind of where we wound up with email is a suite of services that allow us to instantly respond to calls that come in, greet greet the callers personally, route calls, all this stuff on your mobile phone. And so as an as a sole proprietor or an entrepreneur, this is a great tool for helping you not lose business just because you couldn't answer the phone. And what's the back end? How does that work? How does the, I don't want to get geeky on you, believe me, we don't need that, but it, how does the, what's the intelligence behind the platform then? So, so there's a couple things. So basically we had to build a platform that could answer phone calls in the same way that people could. So it's figure out who called. Throw away the calls that don't that don't matter to you. Figure out what sort of response you want to have to do. Figure out where do you want to route the caller the message. And so we built technology to do each of those pieces. And it sounds really simple, but if I did, one of our features is what we call a smart greeting, greet you by name. So if we want the service to be able to greet a caller by name, hi, Richard, Alex can't come to the phone, we have to be able to build a giant database that maps phone numbers to names yeah. just to be able to do that and maintain it. And so there's a whole bunch of that built into Umail where uh-huh. we had to built these sort of smart components to build what seems like a pretty seamless, smooth, simple experience. Wow. But simple is hard. Yes. And and what I've heard and learned from you already in the 10 minutes you've been here on the program, we're going to stop for a commercial break, is the power of questions that entrepreneurs ask. It's, it's really critical. So hold that thought, ladies and gentlemen, because I have some more questions for Alex when we get back after this very short time out. This is just a simple message about one of the products or services that I do professionally. I hope you might take a minute and listen to it if you haven't before. And we'll be back in a minute with Alex Q from Umail. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. A great way to stay informed about our guests is to sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to criticalmass4forbusiness.com at the bottom of any page. Let me repeat that. At the bottom of any page is the join our mailing list box. Simply type in your email address, hit subscribe, and like magic, you'll start receiving our weekly newsletter with information about great guests like Alex, as well as special insights from me. We do nothing else with your email address other than put you in our weekly newsletter. You know, one of the things that we were talking about off mic during that short break was who is the target audience demographic for you, Mel. Can you share that with our audience? Yeah, our core target is a sole proprietor. So it's somebody trying to run their own business. For example, you're a plumber, you're a real estate agent, you're a contractor, uh, you may run a small volunteer group. It, that's that's our core focus. An internet radio show. An station. internet radio show. and. Yeah. There's lots of examples like that. In fact, in the U.S., there's 28 million very small businesses, which are really just individuals trying to create their own business and then grow it. Wow, so that's the target market. That's the target for wow, you. Wow, that's a huge... That's a, It's hard, though, when you're a growing entrepreneurial concern to 
reach 28 million people, isn't it? You have to reach them one at a time, right? right? And so our philosophy has been get people on by having a good service and make the service somewhat viral so people who call in get a great experience and rely on word of mouth and that virality. And it's, it's helped us grow quite large. Is it a monthly contract? How does that work? So we offer a free service, which does some basic services. So one of the things is we block robocalls, as you mentioned earlier. Yes. We help make conference calls and group calls easier. And we do some basic things to have your callers have a better experience, like greeting them by name or sending them an automated text message with, say, a link to a website or, or so really? on as part of the free. As part of the paid service, which is uh, $12 a month for our prof- what we call our professional edition, we basically amp up all of those things, okay. right? So we really amp up our ability to greet callers professionally when they call you, personally and professionally. We amp up the ability to send a reply text message and say a link to your website and your email address, a link to an appointment book, whatever you want a caller who you couldn't answer the call to get. We allow calls to get routed. They can press zero to talk to a person if you happen to have an assistant. Mm -hmm. And so there's a host of features that basically are what you'd want a virtual receptionist to do for you, but for $12 a month rather than $1,200 a month or more. Wow. This sounds like an awesome customer service application. People don't like to wait anymore, right? We're an instant gratification society. That's right. And you can see that by how many people will call and just hang up if they don't get an answer within... (laughs) Within, you know, three rings, right? right? Not even waiting for voicemail. Right. But, but we find is once they actually get to our voicemail, they're like, oh, I was greeted by name. This is pretty interesting. Yes, this and is different. And then you start having an engagement with that, that user where, okay, maybe interacting with this person is going to be different than other people I've called. Wow, this is fantastic. I, I'm so glad you're on our program here as an Orange County company. For those of you listening across the United States, your your clients are? Everywhere in the U.S., all 50 states. So don't be shy. Yeah, yeah all right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you, as you're leading the firm now, do you have kind of an overarching business philosophy? I Here on the radio show, we call it your guiding principle. We have taken, I'm holding up a book for those listening, watching the live stream or maybe on YouTube later, you'll see the guiding, we call it the power of, of CEO Guiding Principles. It's in our third edition. So, Alex, could you share with us the guiding philosophy that you're using to lead and grow UMail? So, ours is really simple. It's about listening. So, it's about listening to your intuition that there's a problem and you can solve it. It's about listening to your customers when they tell you your intuition wasn't quite right. (laughs) So, it's about listening to the customer support people saying, you know, you didn't quite build what the customer wants or there's a problem with it. It's listening to your product managers when they put up something and said, we should really be doing this. And so you want to build a culture of listening. Part of listening means you're asking questions, but it's listening and then acting on that, not spending all your time telling people what to do. That's awesome. So there's a in the first block, we talked about the power of asking questions. In the second block here with Alex, we're talking about the power of listening to people. Uh, and, and this isn't your first rodeo. You, you've had other successful companies that you've brought into the existence That's right. and grown and scaled. So for those of you that are looking to build that entrepreneur's entrepreneurial spirit in your company and you don't have to be a startup to have an entrepreneurial spirit i would uh, suggest you really pay attention to the conversation that alex and i are having today here thank you i really enjoy this all right let me uh let me ask you how are you fighting against the growing issue with robocalls i know there's the 1-800 do not call list but i mean what is it that you are doing that really 
So, like so the gist of the way we view solving the, the robocall problem is to convince robocallers that every phone number is out of service. So when people have our service and we detect that a number is a bad guy, a robocaller, we'll play the dee-dee-doo, you know, out, this number is out of service message. Okay. The robocallers then say, hmm, this is a number I don't need to call anymore, so I'm going to take you off the list and not call you, not only for the number I just called you from, but any of the thousand other numbers I might have. Wow. And so that's, that's what we are trying to do. Um, in order to measure our success, we wanted to see how big the problem was. How many robocalls do people get? And so we provided something called the Email Robocall Index, which says there's almost 30 billion robocalls over the last 12 months. So we picked a giant problem. Wow. We think we know how to at least solve a big chunk of it by fooling robocallers into calling somebody else because your number's out of service. Right. And we provide a solution that can identify using some smart smart software, identify who those robocallers are, and then play them that message. So I mentioned in my question the do not call list. Is that not? I mean, I'm st- that's a staggering number of, of robocalls. So the do not call list helps to some degree. If you're a legitimate marketer, you won't call people on the do not call list. But the problem is there are tons of scammers calling left and right. If you're trying to pretend you're Microsoft or pretend you're Citibank and steal someone's credit card. <laughs> or the, Google. Or Google I, or, or a cruise ship scam, you, you could care less about a do not call list. You're just going to start calling random numbers or call from a list of people who might have responded to some other scam. And you're just going to harass them with calls. And it just doesn't matter there's a do not call list. There must be some level of our, I know this isn't your business. We're here actually not to talk about robocalls but to talk about email. But there must be... A, some ROI in robocalling for that for it to be that prevalent. Well, and one of the reasons it's gotten so bad is exactly that. The ROI is dependent on your costs and your revenue, right? Yes, right. And so costs drop to near zero. To make a phone call that rings three or four times, see if someone picks up and call the next one or, or maybe leave a voicemail and try to get people to call you back, it's almost zero. Maybe you're paying a penny a call or something. So, you, you know, if you get someone to pay $100 in your scam, one every 10000 you're break-even, and it's just not that hard to do. Wow. Okay. Well, this is an excellent product, Umel. Again, I'm I'm very enthusiastic that you're here. Final question, kind of on critical mass. Can you think about a time, Alex, when you've got some really great insight or input, and it came from a a peer executive, a board member, somebody in your world who gave you that advice based on their experience? And if so, could you tell us about that time? Sure. So one of our board members actually once told me, you're not charging enough for email. And this is when we were a free service and we were charging a couple bucks for our premium version. And I had all these reasons. I went, no, we're definitely, I think we can barely charge this. We need to do all this this stuff to make it better and worth more. And he simply said, well, have you tested it? And I, I, I felt like I was slapped in the head and that I couldn't believe we hadn't actually run a pricing test. And so we did. And over time, we've actually been able to rise, raise the price substantially of, you, of the paid service of email uh-huh. because we're providing so much value. And so what the message he got across to me is it, what matters is how much value you're providing someone. That's how you price something. If you're saving a busy entrepreneur an hour a month even, that's worth $100, $200. So charging them 10 is no different than two. You might as well charge the 10. Right. And focus on the value provided to that audience and charge them for it. And well, I thought that was remarkably good advice. Well, and, and I, I love to focus on the quality that 
CEOs and leaders the decisions that they make because ultimately that's really where the rubber meets the road. Right? It is, and, it, and sometimes it's a hard decision because you know you say I'm going to raise the price or I'm going to charge a new price going forward, and people scream. There's a yes. certain number of people like, ah, oh, that's terrible, why, or why can't you do this all for free, or can you do a new version that's just a few ads I click on every month? And you, you as much as you care about everybody to run a successful business, you've got to focus on your core audience and yes. price your product accordingly and build the features they need. This is one of the hardest uh, decisions for an entrepreneur or business owner to make, which is to raise pricing. Because many times in organizations, your own people sort of dissuade you from doing that for fear that it's going to make their life more difficult or, you know, the sales department doesn't want to raise the price. I mean, it's brave to raise the price. It's even braver to do it with some amount of research and questions and doing it with a methodology behind well, it. Well, and in our case, the other reason we did it is we needed to survive. So we needed to become somewhat break-even. And then there's that. And you're doing the math, and you're going, you know, this makes it a bit easier. If we can do this, we're, we're break-even. <laughs> if, if we can't do it, we have a real challenge on our hands. Right, yeah. And, and the confidence that the organization must have gotten, maybe, from seeing that people value you more than what by paying you more must also help the culture, I would think. It, it did, and I have to say, I was the biggest person who was surprised at how much we were able to <laughs> charge for it. I think maybe I'm naturally super cheap, or uh-huh. it wasn't providing the value to me that it was to people out on the field at the time, but I was really pleasantly surprised when, after a couple of days, we're looking at our data going, geez, we're actually getting more people to convert than we were at the lower price. This is really interesting. Do we have the gong handy? Hold on a second, ladies and gentlemen. Two gongs in one show. That's We're in the bonus round now, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Alex, because uh, a small movement in top-line price can have a significant impact on your operating budget as well as your bottom line. Yeah, you know, let's say you're charging $5 a month and you can charge $6 a month. If you don't lose anybody, you just got a dollar more of margin that you can use to pay people more, invest more, grow your business right. at, at no cost. Right. And so that's that's the really interesting thing. I mean, at some point, you clearly hit a limit. Of course. But most entrepreneurs are far below that limit. Right. I um, I love to talk with CEOs, and we look at their income statement. And, and they're, they're really managing pennies, maybe sometimes, or nickels inside the income statements from a cost perspective and trying to save 1% or 2% in aggregate when we turn to the top line and say, well, if we just move this one by 1%, the top line, and you don't adjust your expenses, look how that ends up on the bottom line. That's absolutely right, right? And you know, it's you want your customers to be happy, but sometimes you think, if I had that extra dollar, here's all the stuff I could do for that customer right. in the future to make our product even better. Right. And so you get more customers, and it becomes a virtuous circle yes. simply because you got that extra dollar. All right. Well, uh, my engineer is telling me the show is over, ladies and gentlemen. So, Alex, if someone would like to learn more about you, Mel, and our audience are CEOs and business owners and entrepreneurs across North America, they've got to be interested in the kind of services you provide. How do they find you online? So the easiest way is to go to umail.com. That's Y-O-U-M-A-I-L.com. We provide all the information and can link you to the app stores to download the app. That's just that simple, huh? It's very easy. That's fantastic. Thank you for being a friend of the program. Thank like, you for having me on the show. It's well, been really fun. Yeah, welcome you to the Critical Mass community. 
And I just want to thank you for sharing a little bit about what you've learned as a successful entrepreneur and what you're doing to build and grow UMail here Great. today on the show. It's fun to share, and I hope there's an entrepreneur out there I helped. I'm sure you have. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank our engineer for today, none other than Paul Roberts. Our producers are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern, and I'm your host, Richard Francy. If you'd like to learn more about the radio show, the books that I write, uh, the CEO peer groups that I lead, then visit my company's website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.